Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Good Sunday morning. What are we listening to right now? Uh, Ellie, Ooh, I can hear it this time. Yes. Yeah, these Zoom calls, you know, they get all tricky and stuff. Yeah, I hear it now. Okay, I can actually have a real reaction to this. Yeah. I think it. <laughs> well, this LA is in, woman. That's right. In honor of our uh, guest locale. How's it going? You good? Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm, you know, like I always, I never know what to prepare for this, like first beginning when we chat. Cause then, you know, you zing me with some BS question where I'm like, I'm not even ready for that. I have to think about questions well in advance. I well, need notes. I need what? you to submit your questions ahead of time. Nah, you know, we don't do that. <laughs> you know, when you, we, I mean, when you go to Star places Wars, like, well, Disney World and all that is, you know, we live vicariously through your life. Therefore, it opens yourself up to legitimate questions. Did your, did your back live vicariously through my back after multiple times on Space Mountain? I still have a bruise. No, the see, we. Bruise I've ever had on my knee. We, I, don't, I don't know how I got it. Well, we went whenever my oldest was old enough to enjoy it, and the two others were so so. And when the other two decided they wanted to do it themselves, we kind of lied and said it was not open. <laughs> so that's oh all right. God. We got over it You're pretty quickly. Now. <laughs> nah, They're like, they... Universal. So Universal's the next request, right? That's always the next request after Disney. Do Disney, then go to Universal. Well, I, per, me personally, uh, having done all of those with Littles, uh, Universal's, in my opinion, it's more geared towards parents anyway. So oh. if you're going to bite the bullet. Height-wise or because of height or? Uh, no, you know, you walk around Disney and it's, you know, Small World and all the other Disney, you know, micro classics, right? Yeah. And, and alcohol at Universal is much more accessible. Um, mm -hmm. But the music <laughs> at Disney, you know, it makes you feel like you're kind of in the cartoon. Universal's like, you're in Diagon Alley. So right next to Butterbeer is actual beer. So it is real beer. Real beer. For real? Yep. Oh, now it does cost okay. twenty eight dollars per twelve ounce can, but <laughs> it's does it's it on magical powers. It's worth it if it gives you magical powers. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so anyway, um getting caught up here again. We've been on a little bit of a run. Um people are listening. More and more people are listening, Jen. Did you know that? Because girls play this game and other games did you know that you have all boys i didn't know that until i met crazy, you you know it's crazy, crazy i don't know i crazy don't know thought. girls have played for a long time there might just be moms on your sideline that have played well, i just like, thought those were the catering was that that, that oh. wasn't the catering <laughs> orange Did slices come oh. on now <laughs> yeah you, nobody wants me bringing that shit <laughs> now no, i'll get the oranges with all the seeds in it and the kids are choking and the like the wrong version of you know capri suns or whatever because i'd rather just make them go run you I probably don't, you I don't probably totally them. bought i mean coming from a star trek person you probably bought grapefruits thinking they were oranges and completely okay. ruined the kids but, well, okay, there is a story about Colorado lettuce that I could tell you, but I don't know if I want to tell you. We probably don't have time for that today. Colorado lettuce? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It was a grad school story. Real quick, it was a grad school story. I was out in grad school, and I lived with my aunt and uncle for the first year because I couldn't afford anything. Second year, I wanted. I lived closer to downtown Colorado, which was awesome. And I got in my apartment. I went for my first grocery shopping strip, trip by myself because anybody – my my parents will tell you this. And I, <laughs> I came home and I, I had made a sandwich and I put lettuce on it. I like lettuce on my sandwich and it was disgusting. And I called my mom and dad and I was like, Colorado lettuce is bullshit. It tastes gross. And she's like, describe my mom's like, describe it to me. So I'm describing it. She goes, Jennifer, that's cabbage. Oh, see, I was going I the other way. <laughs> yeah, I was going the other way. I thought that you were eating the uh, the, the small leaf style Colorado lettuce. And <laughs> then you were going to call your mom later yet. and say, Mom, I don't know why I'm still hungry. <laughs> what? I got some munchies. Okay, let's talk about difference. <laughs> this probably doesn't surprise our, our, our upcoming guest, which I feel like we should say hello to. She's another Jen. Weird. Another Jen from the 1970s. <laughs> Hi, Jen Houston. Hi. Yeah, there, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us out there. 
So Jen Houston is okay. So I'll just admit it. I'm a, is one of my idols. And so uh, when I was a freshman, so at Lindenwood, I, I was went to school in Eureka, and I literally followed Krista Niedenbach to Lindenwood. I was like, Krista Niedenbach is the coolest player ever in my world. Oh, she's going there. That sounds good. I will go there. And so I went there. And I don't, I don't think I've <clears throat> mentioned this ever actually to house, but when I got out to one of our first couple of practices, um, JB, I, I, um, slide tackled Pam Lauber, who then told me if I did that again, she was going to break my legs. And so, cause I tore off all the skin on my leg and then she was super cool later, but then I'm pretty sure it was Pam Lauber who said, yeah, just go and call her house. And I was like, I'm not calling a girl a house. And she's like, no, her name is Houston. I was like, she's already told me she's going to break my leg. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to call this person house. And then I heard other people call you house, house. So then I was like, it's house forever. It's house. It you is. Call her, it works. You call a grown woman, a house. Yep. 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 <laughs> you want to team I with was... multiple Jennifers. That's helpful. We all had our last names. That's all we ever did. That's right. It's always cease for these, for these women. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is always. Cease. And so, yeah. yeah, a little bit of reunion here. We've we've been connected kind of since, well, I mean, I don't know if I've ever really lost track of you, House. I just talked to Debbie Washburn, our coach, the other day, who will be coming on the podcast probably May-ish. Um, oh, that's great. But yeah, like just, it was honestly, Facebook did it. When I got on Facebook when I was 40, all of a sudden I get connected with, you know, and you find yourself, oh, Lindenwood Women's Soccer Alumni Group. And it's so cool to see everybody uh, kind of doing their thing and and uh, getting at it. And what I loved is you from Wisconsin, right? So I'm here, we're in St. Louis at Lindenwood, which is now Lindenwood University, and it's now huge, and I can't find my way around. It was so much simpler when it was small. <laughs> and I want to hear the story about how you went from Wisconsin to down to Lindenwood in, in St. Louis, and then all the, like all I hear is like houses on the West Coast in California. And you met a volley, uh, an Olympic volleyball player, a soccer player meets Olympic volleyball player, and here you are. Here I, <laughs> I got to know the story. Well, all right. So back in the day, I don't even know if they still do this, but the ODP, remember the Olympic Development yeah. Program? And then they had the state teams, right? So I made the Wisconsin state team with an ODP. And every summer they would do a regional camp, like a week regional camp for all the ODP players. And then I made the regional team and coach Washburn at that time was the regional coach for it. Right. Okay. So that's right. how, yeah. So that's how I met Debbie coach Washburn and was playing and doing all of that. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't declare where I was going to school until May of my senior year. Can you imagine that now? Can you That's, even imagine? No, no they do I mean, when they're like no. at the end of their sophomore year. <laughs> I know. And what's all the signing day BS? Like we didn't have any of that. They're like, oh, you're going to college? Cool. We don't care. No <laughs> signing day. You get a hat. You get like, no, none of that crap happened. They're like, good, get out. We have, we have other people coming in. We need room when we were in high school. Right. So I went there and coach was like, hey, you know, I coach at this school in, in Missouri. And, you know, I'd really love it if you could come for a trip. And I'm like, little school. I'm not going to do any of that. I have bigger aspirations. Like I thought I was all baller and great and did all these things. And <laughs> so I went on you all were. these recruiting trips. Well, <laughs> in my mind, I mean, I'm a legend in my own mind. See, so we know this, but, um, so I went on all these great trips, right? These bigger schools and all these D one schools and all these things. And, um, at one point my parents were like, listen, Jen, you need to understand. Like, if you go to one of these schools, you're going to flunk out. You part, you're a partier. Like they knew me and I'm like, oh, you're not wrong at all. And so we're the anyway, first person to, to help me get drunk. <laughs> see? see, see, they were right. They were right. It didn't help that we were in school in like Anheuser-Busch land either. I mean, it was everywhere. <laughs> and on a dry but, campus. <laughs> not, not in my room, but anyway. So, yeah, so all the, she was like, come down, come down. And I was like, no, I, I don't, eh, Lindenwood. And I, I never made it a priority. Then coach calls and she's like, we're coming to, to your Friday night game. I'm like, what? So it was like Becky Stegan, Jennifer Dykes. Oh, my God. And there was one other player that came with her, and they came to Wisconsin. So and she came brought, to one of our like, recruiter players with her. 
to see you. She brought too. team, yeah, the players to come up and see me and like talk to me. And I'm like, all right. So we went to the game, had my went to the game. I played the game. They watched, and then we all came to my parents' house, to my house after. And I remember just sitting around the kitchen table with everybody and chatting and hanging out. And then like, you really need to come down and see the facility and see the campus. So I was like, fine. Um, like it was just this whole thing and i went and i spent the night with beth Naiman. do you remember her so i every like there's a lot like no, she was missing right and she was a yeah senior. so like there's a couple of those ladies who had you know graduated just yeah. before i came on but the names i know yeah. for sure yeah well beth was like insane she was from oklahoma she was crazy she was like just i'm like these are my people as soon as i read them i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna come here it was like a huge party school like people were running down the halls with kegs on their on their shoulders we were always ranked in the top five they had just gone to the final to the national champ to the national championships i'm like this is like a win-win right i get an amazing <laughs> soccer program a great coach i get to party like a crazy person they didn't have a football team and the whole everything was focused on soccer and i'm like you know, my 18 year old ego was like, this is where it needs to be. This is where I have mm. to go. Well, so I come back home. I'm like, made my decision. Going in. Right. Like signed the two days later after I got home. Show up in August. <laughs> show up in August. We have a football team. <laughs> there is a, now a dry campus with single sex dorms and no visitation. I'm like, um, what just happened i didn't know it was yeah. any other way so that's the only way oh, i yeah. know it i'm surprised no. that you're telling me the story i was the, i lucky me was the first year our class was the first year all that happened bait and switch like, like, well no one even told us how do you not get a letter <laughs> at this point but anyway i digress I, we stayed we had a great team it was like kristen miller cynthia yep. hagan we had a pretty great pam lobber yeah um yeah, we had a we had a pretty good class, and we ended up going to do South uh, South Carolina for again the national championship that year. Yeah, and I remember and, um, being when I was considering. Well, I mean, I I was pretty much like Chris Nebox going there, so I'm, I'm gonna go there. Um, but I remember Krista talking to me about it, and she's like, "This is a really like this is a good team," and it's been was been told to me more than once of other coaches, right? You know, Carl Hutter when he was there, and others that you know. This they you might have been NAIA, but you could you could have gone toe to toe oh, no. with, with NCAA schools. It was a great well, team for me and during like all four years we went to the national yeah. finals. Yeah, yeah, we did. And like good. I think my my first goal I scored my freshman year was in Texas. We played TCU, who was a D one team, and we beat them. Um, and it was just yeah, we were we were good. It was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> Except, it, albeit dry. <laughs> Dry and can we talk about like the we literally played on a slab of cement with something green painted on top of it? Can we just talk about the field? Seriously, I don't know. My skin's gone miserable. to it. My part of my, my I was a slide oh. tackler, so my skin is gone. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's just like no hair grows there anymore. It's like you don't even have to shave in certain spots because it's just scarred over. It was terrible. I mean, how we all didn't get like sepsis from how gross it was. I have no idea. Never and three walked. a days, three a days. Yeah. Can we call three it out? A, three a days. The three a days. After my first day, I was like, like yeah. I think I gotta quit. I gotta quit. It's this is I can't move. So yeah. the first instructions you get after seven a.m. practice. I'm freshman. You're a junior, I think, by then, right? So I think I'm a freshman. Yeah. You're a junior because mm -hmm. I was there with you two years. And mm -hmm. the instructions you get are you go, you work out and it's hard, of course, and you go really hard because I was a freshman and you got to show everybody that you are good and you belong here. And then the instructions from Coach Debbie is, is um, don't go, don't go to sleep. Keep moving. See you at the next practice. I went to sleep. I fell on my bed. I, I passed out. I'm pretty sure my um, my uh, burn from the uh, turf stuck on my sheets with just oh, blood so and cool. and then I could I remember I could barely walk to practice because you're not supposed to lay still you're supposed to keep moving I'm like oh my god I'm 18 yeah. or I'm 17 I wasn't even I was 17 oh, I'm like I can't do I can't do this this is a day one of three a days I'm gonna die yeah and it was like two weeks we did two weeks of that <laughs> we did all two weeks and then I'm pretty sure we went to two a days 
as the rest of mm -hmm. campus was coming on. And then it was yeah. like, and then you had games and, and classes for real classes. So it yeah. was nice yeah. though. I loved being a fall athlete and just having the sports teams there for the first couple of weeks. Like you don't have the yeah. rest of the students. It, we kind of had yeah. the campus to ourselves and everybody came and it was like, oh, now it's, this sucks. Yeah, it's like, that's oh, ruined. It's ruined now. <laughs> Right, JB, I didn't want to like leave you out. You no, no, no. I, look, I know when to allow the uh, class reunion to commence. <laughs> so I, just kind of listening and, and, and picking up a little bit of the lay of the land, because obviously Cease, I'll call you Cease for there this episode. You can't, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look. <clears throat> you know, I'm familiar with your path and where you were at, et cetera, and house, uh, since we're now on a last name basis. Um, we are. <laughs> Uh, my question to you is really more about uh, the, the culture, the soccer culture uh, coming from uh, Wisconsin, which, you know, yes, there was soccer there, uh, competitive soccer uh, in some markets. But you come down to St. Louis in which um, it's, a, it's a different beast here, you know, just from a community cultural standpoint. Um, but uh, in listening, obviously, the social component was uh fairly important to you is what it sounds like um did, did did coming here and playing collegially at that program with those teammates with that coaching staff did it did it enhance uh stay the same did it decrease your perception of the game or love of the game or you know what what did the the experience have or uh, uh result in for you personally from a love of the game standpoint I think looking back on it now is where how I can answer those questions. Like when I was in it, it was like, isn't this what everybody does? This is just the next step. This is what you do. Like it was never, it was never an if or a what. It was, oh, this is what I'm gonna go do now. And so it seemed so natural for me. And one of the reasons too why I picked the St. Louis school is that it's like it feels like that's the birthplace of soccer in the United States, right? Everything kind of came out of st louis for soccer in my perception in that day you just, just made jb big. very happy i see this as being one of those snippets he uses and he tags kansas city people well no That's i take i take those kind of sound bites and i only promote it in kansas city zip codes <laughs> <clears throat> but it's true and i just i wanted to be a part of it and it was fun and it was there and the stadium was great and so for me looking back on it now you see the impact it had and what it was and how fortunate I was and um I mean I it's like I just I fell into shit right I mean is that what they say like I got it was just this who gets to do that who gets to come in their freshman year start and go to the national championships I mean every year you play it was in, and and not even only that but have a woman coach I mean I think coach back in that day was one of a handful of women that had a class A and coaching and it was just epic it was amazing. I don't know. My teammate, I, I still am in touch with so many of my teammates. I mean, I was just in Wisconsin with Kristen Miller. We FaceTime coach when we were there. I love that we still call her coach and we're all older than dirt. And we're like, coach. thank you. That's what I say. I yeah. just talked to her on the phone yeah. actually the other day. I was talking with her about coming on the podcast and she was like, sure, uh, Cece. You know, she's like, by the way, you can call me Debbie. I said, I cannot. Yeah, I cannot do that. No. I can't call her Debbie. And she, by the way, told me about that phone call and about how much that meant to her. Um, oh, and Good. just like so cool that that you and, and also looking, I was just real quick. I always think it's fun to Facebook for old people is what my daughter tells me. But I'm looking. <laughs> the helpful part about Facebook is you look at mutual friends and I clicked over real quick to yours. And I'm like, OK, mm -hmm. Kristen Miller, Pam, obviously. But yeah, Julie Dempsey, Jackie Heron, Debbie Washburn, of course, Liz Kissling, who I played with later um, yep. when we got on the old lady team. But Ruth Harker, Jackie yep. Billet, like those yep. are we've had them on the podcast. And I've actually so it's so it's so eye opening to me how the game connects too. because I wouldn't yep. have like I don't know your connections <clears throat> to them. We didn't play. It's not a names that ever came up, but it's cool that you're connected with them as well. Do do you guys know yeah. uh, Tammy Duco as well? Oh yeah, do do well. <clears throat> I Tammy, think she came along when Jen, you were how she were graduated. Was, but she played with she's, me. She's my age. She no, went, no, she I, had, I had a year of her. <clears throat> Who did you have? Okay, excuse me. Yeah, she would have been yeah. freshman because uh, we graduated in ninety three. 
So this is how small the soccer world is. Tammy yeah. was one of one, two, three, five, six. Uh, her older brother Terry was an All-American goalie, Florida International, and uh, Tammy though she went to Lindenwood, and and actually her and my wife are like best friends. I mean. She was a badass. But a lot of it, you know, the, the reason why I'm close with her is, again, the game and her siblings. I played against her brothers. And it's so funny because, you know, you guys are talking about kind of that Facebook uh, Venn diagram where where do we all intersect? But, you know, the game is it's really unique in so much that it is soccer that ties so many of our relationships you know, well into uh, the second half. <laughs> I'm not going to say the final third, but the second half of our lives. <clears throat> um, so let me ask you this, House. Uh, you were you were talking about your own mindset in uh, preparing for college and the, the schools you were looking at and where you thought you were going to go and then balancing in your parents' own observation of your uh, uh, social lifestyle, uh, requirements, um, readiness. Yeah, right. Uh, we, we do have probably a fair amount, a good amount of young players that listen to the show. Now think back to those times. Like if, you know, just like you ref referenced my previous question to, it's easier to answer it now. As I look back at it, talk about the recruiting process and, and about, your own preparation for determining where you wanted to go play or where you wanted to go to school, you know, if, if you had it to do over again, what kind of advice would you give young, confident house as a player when it comes to evaluating wh what's a good yeah. fit for me? Well, for me, it was just feel. The first one was feel. It was, I wanted to go to a place that I felt comfortable that felt like home like in understanding and how much soccer we played when we were little it's like it is such a dominating force in your time in your mind so if you're miserable doing it it's not going to work right and if you're not comfortable where you are it's not going to work so for me the first one was that the second one for me was especially back then I mean, there was really nothing to do after college for soccer, right? Like those those four years was it, unless you went to Japan or did something back then to play professionally, you were done. So it was very important to me to find a place that I could start as a freshman. I wanted to play. I'm like, I have four years left. I don't want bench time. I want to go where I can come in, be an impact player right away and get every ounce and minute of this amazing sport I can of what's left. So, you know, that was my journey, right? I didn't, again, I was very cocky. I was very arrogant back then, Cease can tell you. Um, I, I have humbled in my old age, but- No, um, don't do that. I, no, I'm no, still, no, I'm I think, still a I think what you said is, I, I just had a little bit of an uh, aha slash epiphany, maybe. What you just said in, in being cognizant after the fact you know, at, at this point of your life, being able to answer your process, the one question specifically, I wanted to make sure I could go someplace to play because I was near the end of the line. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for so many players now, even though there are exponentially more options uh, than there were back in the 90s when it comes to playing pro or going beyond college, let's be real, the actual percentage of opportunities is, you know, you know, in, just so small. How, yeah, it's critically important to think about when you do decide to play college soccer, boy, boy or girl, you are entering into kind of a final phase of uh, yep. tr true competitive level outside of yep. the fun over yep. 25s and 30s, whatever. Did you did you <clears throat> how was it frustrating knowing that you do only have four years left? I mean, it's one of those things. It's almost like knowing okay, I am terminally ill, and at this point, on this date, I am going to the other side. I find it really kind of incredible that you realize that as a senior in high school, because most of yeah. us didn't. What, what was different? Why, how did you know that? Well, I mean, I just, I just knew because I had, I had friends that were older that had, like, they went to Japan and they played, and you know, in under like only two Americans or two foreigners could be on a Japanese team. 
So I looked at that in the sense of it's not just Americans, it's foreigners. So there's two in, let's say there's 20 teams in the league, right? So that's 40 people in the world that I have to beat to go play over there, right? So it's just, I don't know, I just, I always kind of thought that way. I'm always thinking like three steps ahead of what I, what are we going to do and how is this going to work and how am I going to live my best life and what I have right now? And let's just figure it out. So it was, if this is it, let's go. Well, let, let me, <clears throat> I meandered a little bit. Let me back up a little bit because I think that what I'm really getting at is how important is it, and either one of you can answer this as well, for a player to be cognizant of their level because if they do love the game and they want to play, can players that are fighting above their weight go to a bigger program with a lot more shine and, and luster, right? But they might have to sit one year, two years, three years before they just, get a chance. It just depends on what's important <clears throat> to you. I mean, I have a, I had a cousin who just graduated and is now in some baller job at Bank of America in, in Charlotte, but hmm. he was a goalie. And she, her goal was to play D1. She wanted to play D1. And she got a scholarship to Syracuse. And she didn't She didn't play that much. But that wasn't her goal. Her goal was to be in a D1 program. She wanted it's, that it's experience. It's funny that you say that right now because I, I was literally scrolling a little bit last night, probably on Instagram. I don't remember what it was. But somebody posted that they're – and, and you know, goalkeeper is it, we know it's a different position. Of course, they're a little bit different people in and of themselves. But they've got you're one. You're that that's it. That they, unless you've got field skills, that is it for you. But that they're mm -hmm. finding so many college students that will be the fourth goalkeeper on a team, right? Like I don't, I only remember having like two house when we were at Lindenwood. Really, two, maybe an incoming freshman, but two maximum. Uh, but they'll be they're willing mm -hmm. to be the fourth goalkeeper on a D1 team because they want to be yeah. D1 when they may never ever even yeah. touch the field. And I don't yeah. think I could have done that as a player either. I, I knew I wasn't going to no. start right away as a freshman, but I would get field time and I did. I don't think I could have done it any other not played. No, I could have not played. No way. But again, but that's that was what was important to me, right? So that's not it's about like you're saying, Anderson. It's uh, it's about. <laughs> you, you can just call me that guy. It's okay. <laughs> that guy, All right, JV. But no, it just it's it's what's important to you, and I think right. identifying what's important to you in your following year in college, where you play, and help that forge your decision of where you go and what you want to do. It's you not know, the it's same funny. for everybody. Yeah, and it, there's a in in I remember in my degree field when I went on to my master's degree, one of the things they talk about is an RJP, a realistic job preview, which I always thought was you know to take a future hiree into the day in the life, right, of a of what they're going mm -hmm. to do because it increases uh, the chances that they will stay in their job, right, when they really get to know. And it's like, wouldn't that be great? And we could take this down to club ball as well. What is what is a day in the life of but of a of a college player look like as a freshman uh, that may never touch the field because sometimes freshmen don't play um, because you've got older people and you need to learn the ropes. What does a day in the life look of at a D1 college versus the day in the life of a, of a not a D1, but you are actually on the field in a game playing and how much that might increase satisfaction with somebody who commits when we have now JB, you know, we talked to Katie Shields uh, at SLU about, you know, mm -hmm. there's this whole transfer window, which I don't remember even existing Ugh. when we were in. Nobody no, did No, we had that. to sit out. You had to sit out a year. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot about that. You have to so sit this, out. This whole kind of thing where it's like, oh, my God, this is not what I wanted, which kind of a lot of people told you to begin with. But now I really am living. Oh, and I have classes, too. And there's this whole, you know, transfer thing, which has a lot to do with players not being satisfied with what they've gotten and they want to go somewhere else. And that didn't exist back then. I don't didn't even think about that. No, no. Yeah. The, but the, I thought I would also, sports, by oh, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. and, sports. <laughs> true, true. And one thing I wanted to, to mention, and we can circle back around if we want to stay on, on the time. So you, you've made your way out to the West Coast, where currently you are marked safe from the storms that are hmm. the, 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 the water that is just sitting over Southern California. Yeah, so good. So far, so good. 
the lake, the ocean is up there just dumping the opposite direction. Yeah. So. And, but I'm curious as to like how you, how you wound, I never asked you how you wound up out on the West Coast, although knowing you now, it seems like a perfect fit. But you were a Midwesterner like the rest of us. You know, you took your Wonder Bread or, or knockoff generic version bags and put them in your snow boots like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And now yep. you're living the life at the moment underwater, but normally under sun. Yeah. No. So, you know, I was in St. Louis and then I stayed for a while. And then do you remember the Bush League? Literally, I was in Bush it. League. Yeah, we were never the Budweiser the Premier game. League. Yeah, we called it the Which Bush started League, as a right? draft. Remember, it started as a yep. draft. And I yep. heard, so I don't know if JB, JB, our our previous guest, Stephanie Gabbert, was apparently the first draft pick for the women in Gabby. Budweiser yeah. Premier League. Yeah. Gabby, so you knew yeah. Gabby too? Yeah. Oh my god! I know. No, Gabby and I are super close friends. Like we hang all the time. Like Gabby's the bomb. So what the Gabby, hell? I w- I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. So, so then I went to. The indoor complex, I forgot the name of it, but the crazy Greek coach, forgot his name, it would make us do Uzo shots after indoor games. And we would go there, and so I met I met Caso, I met Gabby, I met Ruth. I played indoor with all of those guys while I was at Lindenwood. And Caso, after college, got a job at Umps, or got a job at Anheuser-Busch, and then we stayed friends, and she was like, hey, Jen, we need some people to come to forest park for earth day and give out O'Doul samples do you want to do you want to do that i'm like yep so i did and then that's kind of what got me in because i was supposed to go out to cal and get my msw right like go get it i'm like you know anyway that didn't happen <laughs> so i just jumped on the chance and then i was like this is the greatest job ever so i got into experiential marketing that way and kind of was on the road traveling with all these amazing different things. I did the Olympic torch relay in 96 for Coca-Cola, where we went all over, the, like literally like 15,000 miles in 50 days. It was crazy. Oh, my God. And just just fell in love with it. And then after three years, I'm like, Oof, I'm so pooped. I need I'm sick of living out of a suitcase. I need a dresser. Right. <laughs> so I got a job at GMR Marketing and um worked my way up and we want at then finally we won this huge piece of business with visa sports marketing and i got dubbed to be the account director on that piece of business and it moved me out to san francisco because that's where visa is <clears throat> and then i was out there for a few years and um they were like okay jen some new business came in so i would go in and i would kind of onboard new clients and then move to other ones and then Party, so party with like, new clients. Oh. I would party with new clients. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Create I mean, I'm, the I'm experience. Using my skill set. <clears throat> using my skill set. So then they're like, hey, well, we just won Gatorade and Target or something. And they're like, we need you to come back to Milwaukee. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not leaving San Francisco. No. So uh, it was an Omnicom agency. They're the largest holding company of marketing and advertising agencies. So they're like, all right, we have one in Los Angeles. The marketing arm go down there and do business down there so that's what brought me here been here ever since and fast forward because it's funny when you and i were texting back and forth we were trying to make this happen it, i i love your text to me because you have two kids with your wife yeah. nicole brana who um brana I, brana oh, right. brana thank you very much i took a, okay. took a stab i should ask you brana who, who uh, olympic so how does olympic mm-hmm. beach volleyball player and soccer player you know, she uses her hands. You use your feet. Like we're right. different sports. How does that happen? <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. It's um, yeah. We met at a basketball game, which I think is even funnier. Um, but no, it's. I mean, listen, Nicole is such an extra level than I ever was. I mean, she is a full-on baller. I mean, she's nuts. But you know, it's it's great. And the, having the kids grow up around sport and having that example for them is just amazing. It's amazing. So, it's so she's fun. got she's got two parents who uh, your, your your kids have two parents. And I'm, I'm looking. I'm mm-hmm. scrolling through your Facebook a little bit because you have a post of <laughs> just, your daughter. Just call it trolling. It's I'm trolling. trolling. You're not scrolling. House. It's fine. <clears throat> I'm trolling house, but it's fine. I like I adored house. I adore house. Uh, your daughter is in. Who's how old now? Do you how old Ten. is she? 10. Okay. Ten. So she reminds me of my firstborn daughter. You have her in a picture. She's in a princess dress, but a Wonder Woman tiara. And I'm like, I have, I will send you this. I have an identical picture. You texted me with that. You're like, a yeah, little, you oh my you God. Told me that. 
identical, your little dude, and you said, and I'm now coaching U8 select soccer. And I noticed you said select, not club, which we appreciate because it's select. Um, So now two kids who are both ballers of of or of of what you do with with moms who are, are high level athletes what does that household look like how does that work as you start to wade well, into the competitive side of sports with kids we're busy as you know i mean you have it you have like what do you have 75 kids now see okay i have like how many is it 74 Four. Thank you, JB. Seventy-four kids. I just carry just, them all just really here well. for the stats. Don't worry. Keep going. <laughs> but we're busy. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy the amount of things. And I, I mean, kids' sports these days too. It's too much. It's crazy that they make you specialize so early. That no other coach. I mean, my my son's seven years old, and this is why I don't have him in club because it's like nope year round especially out here because it's never snows you're always you'd always be outside the pools are open all year like there's no season for anything here there's no season it's all hockey is year round here crazy like it's 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 nuts and so we're our biggest focus is really trying to get them to cross train and cross sport and get a ton of different experiences in different things because we both believe that there's a ton of growth and she and i were both three sport athletes growing up and I mean as you know I had the one one big injury but up until that point I was never really injured because I think that I just worked all my muscles and stretched and I didn't stretch who am I kidding you did not no 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 gen x or stretch I never stretched Stretched. I never stretched I'm like do we have to warm up can we just start the game let's go but anyway uh, I want to I want to get back into kind of your day job world and and see if you have any opinion or insight as it pertains to marketing in general in the sports um, in NIL and I know that you mentioned your experiential marketing but NIL is the new hot topic you know the 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 tool so to speak to basically start to pay athletes. That's what it is, specifically yep. at the collegiate yep. level. And I find it really, really interesting um, when I go in and do the research on that, because it, it just intrigues me to begin with. But when you look at agencies that are NIL agencies, you look at their roster, quote, athlete list, it's yep. SEC football, SEC football, uh, ACC basketball, and then women's uh, volleyball. And then it's more football, football, basketball, then it's women's tennis. And the, the the athletes, and I find it like it's becoming a a great potential tool because out of men and women, when it comes to ath- athletics in general, on social media, the girls are way better. They're just way better at growing uh, market and, and engagement and followers. Is this something that you think is long term a a good tool? Um, because the age, the ages are dropping as far as who's utilizing social media for kids. Um, but as a leveling factor to bring money into women's sports, do you think NIL is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing. I think it's a cop out for the media companies to say that women can get paid in sport versus actually putting them on prime time and getting people engaged in the sport and allowing them to see how beautiful these games can be. Look, they can get paid over here. We don't, we can put cricket on at five o'clock on a Sunday instead of women's sports, right? Like it's, I, people say that, well, you know, no one watches, no one has a chance to watch. We've learned that with the soccer game, all the different things. If it is on, People watch, they follow, they get excited, they do things. We're setting new attendance records for all these women's sports. Look at the look at the uh, Nebraska volleyball. Ninety six thousand people in in the in that in that stadium in Lincoln. Like, you know, put it on TV. People watch. People want to see it. They want to do it. But you know, they're they just they don't want to take that small lull to build the practice. And you have to build the practice to get it going and to make it even. You know, and I just even with the exposure and for women, I have a whole other thing with the, with the NIL. I think it's crazy, but well, you're you just don't why don't have don't let them go to school, have farm teams and pay them. There's no need to go to college. 
Well, I, I, I think it's one of those things in soccer in particular, because it's a major, major issue on the men's side, specifically with international players coming in and being recruited and taking up not only roster spots, but one of 9.9 scholarships, right? And it's become a lightning rod of a subject. And NIL, you know, there's some people arguing, okay, well, if you have NIL money, because really what it comes down to, it's all economics for all these programs. But on the women's side in particular, I completely agree with you as it pertains to programming, television, network, uh, you, you know, streaming sports, that it's, it's just not enough. They're not doing it. They're not putting the investment into it. But if NIL is, a, if it does exist, it does seem to me a little bit of a gateway drug in, a, in an odd way. Um, it is a gateway drug, but I mean, look at, is it Caitlin Clark, right? Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's a baller. She deserves every penny she gets. But here's the thing. She's not out there by herself. Someone's feeding her those balls. Someone's running those plays. Someone gave her that pick and they're not getting NIL money, right? Like if she's not out there, if those other players, those four players aren't doing their job, she can't get those points. She doesn't have the ability to succeed and be as dominant as she is because she has her teammates that have to take care of her. I mean, I have some friends that are are D1 football coaches and they say the animosity that this creates in the locker room for these star quarterbacks, the linemen are like, F this, get them, right? Like they're like, we get a pizza party at the local pizza place and this dude's driving a Rolls Royce in the, on campus, right? So it's just, it's not equitable. It, I mean, not that anything in this world is, but the old way it was, like I always, my dad, when I was in college, he was like, and this is old school, like, oh, I didn't wear a helmet playing football because I'm so old. But anyway, it's more like, a my dad was like Jen, you got to get a job. Yeah. Like, Jen, you got to get a job. I'm like, have a job. Like, what are you talking about? I go, I make X amount of dollars a year playing soccer. So you don't have to pay for me to go to college. I mean, that's the experience. That's the, that's what it is, right? Like where there's no purity in sport anymore. There's no purity in sport anymore. It's everything is pay to play. Everything is, everyone will tell you your kid is good so they can cash your check. And then they'll bring guest players into tournaments to play them. It's ridiculous. It's why my son is not in club. Because I don't want, I don't like the way that is. I don't think that it's fair to a seven-year-old kid. And it's not fair to my pocketbook to pay three grand a quarter to play soccer. And then he just sits there and then they bring kids in from other leagues to win tournaments. It's a joke. I'm very opinionated about this, if you can tell. No, I mean, that's why I I assume, (laughs) I I read the room and I wanted to hear the opinion. Um, Go ahead, Jen. Yeah, I wonder if an extension of this, too, and we can circle back to this, too, because I want to hear more. But um, mm. I I think House is the perfect person to ask for this because I, I value your opinion, as you know. Um, it, and it's just been recently another, you know, I, I would say TikTok. It's probably TikTok, but I don't have TikTok. So I get the leftovers on Instagram, which I, you know, can barely maneuver in Instagram. But saw a recent, <clears throat> I think it was a basketball player, a male basketball player talking about, you know, men's. And then female sports, which was an interesting choice of words. Men's sports and female sports. I'm like, that's weird. It's women's. But okay. And just talking about how, hey, I I understand. Like, I totally understand why they want to get paid more. Like, I get that. But, you know, you got to draw. You got to draw the viewership. You got to draw. It's like it's like it's like ping pong. Like, that's a skill. Like Compare it to freaking ping pong, like basketball. Caitlin Clark to basketball, uh, to ping pong. And it was like (laughs) he's saying, you know, it, it. Hey, ping pong requires skill, but nobody wants to watch it. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing right now? We've got, like you said, house, volleyball, packing arenas. We've got hockey, women's hockey packing arenas. And <clears throat> and I think, you tell me from a marketing perspective, when it comes to a pure growth market, women's sports are oh. it. Like men's sports are, are, are not tapped out, but like they've been at a, a high plateau for a long time. If you're a smart business person, I think when it comes to no, broadcast, it's, a huge sponsorships, swing. why are we not doing, why not, why is this not a business move is my question. No, a it is. It's starting. Move. The foundations of it are starting. Um, and and the, the growth opportunities for sponsorship within women's sports is insane. And getting in, I'm not going to say ground level now because it's moving, like getting in now is like third floor. You're getting in on the third floor for growth and exposure and brands are seeing it. There's a huge paradigm shift in brands 
wanting to be involved in women's sports and the kind of athlete right that I've, i've read that the kind like the the brand the satisfaction of brand for when they put their brand you know with a person and it's a it's a it's a woman a female athlete um, has a lot of clout where a, a male might not, a, a male, a, a man might not quite have the same kind of reach with their audience that, that a female would have when they're, when they're with a brand that, that, that clout well, that. Well, no, I mean, different. who buys, who buys everything in the house? Amazon prime. Uh, Alexa. <laughs> right. But- I've never yeah, met Alexa, mom. but apparently Alexa's she buys a lot. Alexa's a woman, JB. They made it a female <laughs> voice for a reason. I, and, and I, the, I have no opinion yeah. on that. I just, Alexa orders everything yeah. in our house. <laughs> yeah. Well, and right. So, but you know, it's true. It's, it's, so it's, it's about buying power and staying power because women control over 60% of all household incomes of how things are spent. Right. Don't quote me on my math. It's a little off, but it's it's very high up there of make, of the power of purchase power decisions. And so aligning that with women's sports and women's passions and girls' passions and where they are and always and getting boys behind it, too. Like I we make will go to just as many female, female, cease women's female. games as we do the men's females. Games, <laughs> right. And like so we took him. We had courtside seats for the Sparks home opener this year. It was the first game Brittany Griner came back and we were right there. And Will was like, oh, women's sports. It was like, I mean, I'm like, do you know who your parents are? But again, it's just what he hears on the playground, right? We brought another one of his little friends from next door and they were so into it, loved it. He's like, when can we go back? And like, he's like, Sparks, Sparks. Like they were cheering and he wanted to get a Sparks shirt, but it's exposure. How many dads are going to take their boys to a WNBA game, which is ridiculous? Take them. It's sport. It is sport. It, let me, it doesn't let me, matter. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you kind of what your opinion is uh, in regards to – I'm going to go back to the TV um, kind of component of this conversation. Uh, I think the other day, because obviously we're in the middle of Super Bowl season, I heard a stat that like 45 of the top 50 Nielsen-rated shows over the last 12 months – were NFL games. That includes mm-hmm. all produced television, all news, everything. 45 of them were football. Now you go over to the flip side and you talk about, um, or you brought up the, the, the volleyball game at Nebraska with 97,000 people. And then I'm going to go one step further and talk about how our children consume media these days. Uh, do do you potentially see this as really not necessarily uh, a debate on uh, the substance, but really the delivery? Because our age group, and frankly, it's the majority of the decision makers in the marketing and the ad world and in corporate America, they're they're a hell of a lot closer to our age than they are our kids' age. But our kids, predominantly, if you said, "Hey, go put it on NBC News, please," they would be lost. They would they would not know. <laughs> where to go from like uh, a traditional media channel format. They know their Insta channel. They know their TikTok channels. Do you see this as maybe lost in translation? And just speaking in regards to women's sports in particular, is there a greater opportunity to lean into the tech, the tech shift and where these young eyeballs are than maybe the market is realizing? Of course, that's always been the case, right? It's always been the case. No, nothing is ever done the way it's supposed to be done. It's where the money is. It's where right. you can get paid to do it, right? So, I mean, that's the only reason that things are that way. I mean, listen, if it's on NBC News, my son's going to find it. It's gonna, someone's going to stream it onto YouTube, and he's going to find that there, right? Everything is in snippets, right? So wherever you can get snippets and are, these kids have access to, they're going to find it if they want to find it. So it's just about how you can do that control flip, right? It's, it's a control flip in how you absorb content. I don't think it's where. I think it's how and right. then how it gets there. To, to be able to absorb it, right? I mean, we're the same way. Like, our, Will and I get up at four in the morning and watch Manchester City games. He loves it, right? But again, we're in this snippet community where by half, second half, it, you know, he's like, oh, I can't, I can't watch anymore, even unless it's a really amazing game. But it's it's exposure and how we're doing. It. I think the, the small snippet 
blink of an eye content is it's ruining a generation to experience and love things that are beautiful and and matter but again that's a whole other podcast that you well, know this, that is not this well do, doesn't that add to the problem then because the the two of you were mentioning and focusing on the on the reality that the dollars just don't follow the women's game games uh like it does the men's side um is it is it going to be slow to react to that because we're all admitting that we are a snippet environment community you know who who's going to put a big bet on trying to swing macro viewers if we're admitting that the consumption method is shifting but i'm talking to kid kids that are young right yeah i'm saying we are missing i guarantee you cease and i are going to watch right everyone within our age group is going to watch and we spend money these kids don't spend money we spend money right. but they're missing out on it we are like a forgotten generation of women's sports and viewers that Thank had you. to deal with men had to deal with all the men's stuff and now our kids are kind of getting it but there's nothing for us at all that and actually, except for that, the world that, cup right and and so and even then years. And even then, the the you know the decision making on the the next woman, you know, we've got like two men's World Cups that are already figured out, and I don't think we even have a decision on the next women's World Cup. And by the way, can we say mm -hmm. men's and women's World Cup, not World Cup and women's World Cup? I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that it might. That was actually my question to you, House, is because of the snippet generation. My kids are the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Instagram, TikTok, you know. Uh, What's their stupid Snapchat? They, they snap stuff, and I don't understand that. I grabbed one of their phones the other just day. Just buy like, the stock. You don't need to know like, anything about it. Just buy yeah, the stock. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, you just, now they know you saw it. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, stop yeah. touching my phone. I'm like, oh, Jesus. But yeah, no, it's my the, phone, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. your phone. Yeah, because I, I pay the bills. But the point is, is then how come we and maybe we should do we still i'm in traditional media this podcast a little bit different but i'm in traditional media with the with our mls team in st louis does the traditional media coverage you know the espn the fox the apple is it going to be relevant or should women just go ahead and pioneer this the social side of it but maybe the money's where the traditional broadcast the sponsorships the money is still there does that make sense? Huh. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's both. It, it, it's everything has to run a parallel path. Everything has to run a parallel path for growth. You can't lift one up and then the other and then here. You have to, everything has to merge up, right? So to me, it's just well. I think know, until there's until there's equity across the board in everything, right? Like yeah, but we're always going to get from from the the, the one the haters. We're always going to get. Oh, it could be equity, but you just got to pull the viewership. If you don't pull the viewership, you know, pull the money, then you can't make the money. That is the constant argument. Well, we pull the viewership and then they pivot. Then they then the the goal, the goalpost move. Well, let right? me let me ask you a very direct question then, because you uh, you obviously have an embedded experience within the marketing and the decision making world when it comes to product experiences from a corporate level. Why is corporate America not? leaning more and or faster into women's programming from a VW slash Coke slash, you know, uh, T-Mobile standpoint, if you can prove the viewership, why are the dollars not following in your opinion? Because who's making the decisions in those companies? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, if, if why. I, I I get this. It feels like uh, what was it? Just the, well, just the other day, the the Oscar, uh, the 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 issue with the the Barbie nominations. Grammys. Well, oh, the, yeah. on oh, the, the Oscar, Oscars, yeah. yeah, where the only one of the three is the the man that gets nominated. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's like how do, how did we just step into that mess? this big but it was actually so perfect so i i, I hate it that it happened at the same time it's the most poetic thing that could happen if you watch oh, the totally movie it's agree. like what's that point you know you run face first into the point yeah, that was it that's what that looks like and and so it sounds yeah. like that maybe from a um 
you know, traditional and when I, and, and I don't know what it is anymore. My, my brain wraps around traditional in terms of, I grew up on X here in St. Louis. I grew up on, you know, our local stations, channel five, channel four. And then you would be like, which network is that? And the network. So I'm assuming that's still the traditional. And then you branch out into what used to be cable. Cause my dad never bought that ESPN. <laughs> now it's Fox, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guess those are still the, the channels that we look for when it comes to, um, women athletes being able, and then sponsorships that go with it, right? Women athletes being able to make their, their due uh, for playing and to drive that is, is still traditional media holds that power more than the social media movement. Yeah, you kind of broke up a little there in the, in the beginning. So, in the uh, so yeah, just being question. like, does, does the traditional media then, uh, when I'm thinking of, again, ESPN, Fox, Apple, um, is where our women athletes are going to, in the coverage, make their make money more than the social aspect when it comes to any other non-traditional media. I mean, right now, I think it's all the streaming services, right? Because if you go and you have you have your cable box and you go to ESPN, you might get ESPN, ESPN two, and if you're lucky, ESPN U, right? But if you go to the app. I mean, you can go to any sport and just, find anything you want. Just go that, straight right? to the Ocho so you can watch drone racing yeah. in empty warehouses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the slap, the slap. Oh contest. my God, like, yes. That's what I've done it. But, God, you know, but there's, cringe. but there's, it's cool. Cause like there's, you can watch, like my, we watch the, um, world's, the women's, softball like I, our daughter loves that our son loves watching that you can find every game on streaming services because there's the capacity to broadcast it which is great but you I mean you have to hunt for it you have to find it but then the um, money's not then, there well the-, the money's not there because then the people watch it and listen the broadcast value sometimes is terrible and the like it's like they have they have someone's dad out of the stand coming up and broadcasting it and being the announcer. And they're like, and Caitlin hit the ball. And now she's running to base. I mean, it's just so (laughs) boring. Like you can't, but so it's just about, there's no investment in it, but I think it's a start. Like you can watch it. I can find almost any game I want to watch at any time in women's sports in some platform. If I am willing to, make my investment time to find it you know and that's okay i'll take that as a small win right now i will take that as a small win this is i can expose other kids to it slightly off subject and actually when we drop this it'll be post super bowl so who knows what happened this upcoming sunday um i'd love to hear your take on the whole tay tay uh effect on the super bowl let's go house (laughs) we're alive i think it's great i think it's great Three hundred and fifty million dollars in earned media because yeah. she's at a game. Little girls watching with their dads or their moms because they just want to take a, a a gander at when the four seconds they show her. But they're now they're learning the game. They're getting appreciated of the game. I think it's great. And the people that hate it, I'm like, what do you care? Like it just. Do Do you think mind. Do you think but, though that in the in the context of what we've been discussing, do you think that? It, it, it will have a backroom potentially negative impact because we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about literally the the old boys club that is a monopoly, is a legal monopoly. She's yeah, at NFL, she's providing NFL is it's cr- NFL viewership was dropping. No oh, yeah. one was watching they, they, it. They Why pay do you think nothing we, for it? Well, they pay nothing. But the but the they they even though even though their numbers were dropping in total viewership eyeballs. Their revenue, their television contracts were still going up year over their year. Their television over year. contracts were there, but their advertising weren't. Right. Advertisers were getting, uh, they know, and they're like, we're not spending this much for a clip. We're not spending this much for a blah, blah, blah. We're not hitting the demographic that they were getting was not there for, for dollar spent. So, so the and three, so, so I saw that number two, the 350 million in, in, in ad value, right, that she brought mm-hmm. to the NFL. Who really benefits from that ultimately in the long run? Is that, is, do you think that, it's a better message, more valuable message to, you know, like you were describing the little girls talking to her dad about the game and getting involved in the game. Or is it the NFL saying, hold on, if we do more of this or lean into 
uh, pop world crossover, we can benefit from that. Um, where's what's the end game there? Uh, if you were to guess or speculate or not care, maybe. No, I care. I mean, I think that it's it's going to be a clown show for a few years, <laughs> right? Like people are going to start dating each other just for this and just for that and all this. Like, are we even convinced they're really a couple? I don't know. We'll see. Why did nobody Funny care about Giselle? What do you yeah. Why did nobody care about Giselle? <laughs> I don't know. Tom I don't Tom Brady Tom Brady's wife. Oh. No one needed to care about Giselle. She uh, made 70 billion dollars a year on her own. She made more money than he did. Yeah, I mean that's kind of that's why She didn't put herself out there. Giselle did not put herself out there. They were not in eye of couple. I mean, look at all the commercial spots they got. They did, they cared. Yeah. But it wasn't as number one, she was never as pop culture as Taylor is, right? Ever. Absolutely. I mean, she it, this is lightning in a bottle. I don't know if this will ever happen again with what's going on with that era's tour and all of that, what's happening. And you know, and let's just think about it. At the beginning of the season, Travis Kelsey wasn't that popular. He was a good guy. He was in a couple state farm commercials. He did some stuff, right? But until this thing happened, no, no one really cared at all. She made Travis more Travis, right? Yeah, and no, so no, I, 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 I completely agree. You know, it's it, it's really just an incredible phenomenon, really. I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys remember when when Messi right was was coming to the MLS? And I remember, you know, he was, we had, we had like updates of when he was coming, tracking his plane from Europe to Florida. And then he, we went to the grocery store and he wasn't even going to play in a game in New York, but ticket prices went up. The, the, they called it the messy effect, right? Ticket prices went up and we could all legitimately say he's not going to play. He's not even eligible, but ticket prices came up. It reminds me a little bit of this and what else it reminds me of is the fact that when Messi was playing in LA a bunch of celebrities right came to the game and they spent a lot of time on Apple TV flashing around to different celebrities at the game and I don't I don't give a shit but the level of vitriol for Taylor over just a random mm -hmm. celebrity at a Messi game is very different is mm -hmm. is the the hate that 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 comes from some and by the way men and women women also mm -hmm. but it's yeah. like why are we so pissed at this young, very successful, well, let's call kicking ass woman? Let's just when, call when a spade we could a spade. See Drake, well, yeah, we could see, you know, Drake at an NBA game or all these celebrities come to Messi's game and nobody's pissed about flashing the camera over there. No, look, it's the, the under the underbelly of this whole issue is really it's political. That's that that is what is kind of fueling the fire because nobody gave did cared about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, in all of his opinions, you know, as long as he's an NFL quarterback, he has the right to go outside the realm. And she hasn't even said anything. She just simply did something for you. Uh, yeah. Four years ago, that made a whole bunch of people mad. So it's well, like she made people, she made people register to vote, yeah, yeah, which <laughs> made certain people mad. So I, I just find it really, really interesting because I think that it's this kind of northern north star so to speak of a little bit of this the whole context of what we've been talking about because the hypo the, the hypocrisy is not only real but it's it's like it's almost growing in front of our eyes in real time so mm -hmm. i i, and don't I know. can't you can't you can't i don't feel like i could i could go past it without saying not only is it political it's misogyny i mean if you look up the dictionary definition of misogyny and you look at and again the, the, the genders that participate in this are men and women. And misogyny is not just men. It's women as well. But it's people who participate in this where we get really upset about she's she's breaking some rules, right? And she's kind of breaking some molds. And, and it's inspiring and it's growing. You know, it's, it's not threatening to me, but it's obviously threatening to some. Um, and it's just it's interesting just in your own little Facebook community where you go, oh, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that this really pissed off somebody that I'm connected with. I had no idea that this was living in their head rent free, that she's what on camera for a total, a grand total of 23 seconds or whatever that is. Um, and the NFL, you're welcome. I mean, you should probably pay her yeah. because that's free for you. Maybe a ticket in a box that. 
can you imagine? Take it to? Can you imagine if they sneak a third stage out on Super Bowl and it's like the Taylor stage because it's supposed to be a, a Usher and one other person and that that would and be you know great. it's like how many how like, much of yeah, the cameras going to be on the, the halftime show and then Taylor enjoying the halftime show right like in oh, that's and crazy how, and she's also coming from Tokyo so I've seen all the math and I don't know how it's going to work but it's it's pretty awesome and. I wouldn't say that in our house, and I mean, this Soccer Mom Sunday has just turned to the Taylor Swift show, but um, that we're Swifties. I will say that sometimes she's got really catchy songs, and when my seven-year-old plays them, I'm like, damn it, because then I can't stop singing the damn song. Um, but I'm probably now a Swiftie just because I'm pissed off about assholes being, you know, <laughs> being uh, uh, there you go. Don't ask me about Star Trek and Star Wars anymore, JB. Ask me about Taylor Swift. I will find all the information. <laughs> nah, I think I'm done there. All good. How's who do, how's who do you have in the uh, Super Bowl? Who are you picking? I got to go Niners. My wife is from up there. The full family, my whole in-law family lives up there. I lived there for four years. NFC, they're NFC. I mean, I'm a huge Packer fan, but you got to go for the NFC. So, yeah, Niners. Niners all the way. Jen, it's gonna be a Cease, big show. Cease, who do you have? Uh, you know, Niners. I'm, you're right. It's the Niners. Okay, right. I was I, so <laughs> in, simultaneously. I was like, wait, I'm I'm in St. Louis, and so most of us are Chiefs. But wait, I'm on this show with JB, and he's a KC hater. Um, Taylor Swift, go Taylor Swift. Yes, you're Taylor. Look, Kansas City. They <laughs> voted. Cop out. Cop out. They <laughs> voted totally to move our team. You can never support. I love how all these St. Louis fans and now our Chiefs Nation forget the fact that they Here voted to get rid of our team. So there's so hey, there's listen, that too. I'm just saying. I just people just need to know that if you want a football team, have me move to your city. <laughs> I came to St. Louis. The Rams came. We won a Super Bowl. I move to LA. The Rams come. We move a Super Bowl. Who wants the, the Rams effect. next? Just tell me where to go. Tell me where the to house go. Effect. I'm in. That's right. The Rams follow me. The Rams follow me. Well, you got a little cronky in your speed dial there or something. Are you, te- you te- texting him like, hey, I'm moving. Where, where's next? All right, let's go. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead, Thanks, Jim. house. No, thank you. Cease, it's so good to see you. We have to do this more than every, what? 20 years? Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I, I just have to find my way out to California. I would say come Please, back to St. Come Louis, but I'd rather found my, find my way out to California. I like that better. I like that better. Me too. House, it was a pleasure meeting you. I appreciate your time. It'd be great. Great meeting you too. Thanks, guys. This was a blast. I really appreciate it.